Okay, we're live. Welcome back, everyone. It's Technically Managing episode six. Episode, well, like it's actually season two, episode uh -huh. three. <laughs> how many? Ep I'm checking this right now. I'm curious what episode we're actually on, like how many we've done, though. Let yeah, because this is our third one of season two. Yep. Let's see what we got. Pulling up YouTube right now. You know, I should probably take a look at this before the podcast, not like during the intro, but you know what? Oh, yeah, we're on episodes like our seventh episode. Yeah. Actually, is it? It's season two, episode two, right? Because if we're on seven right now. Yep. We did five. Yeah. So regardless, we're back. How have you been doing, <laughs> Ramu? <laughs> um i've been good still busy always mm -hmm. busy um but this week i've actually taken it normal instead of like crazy you know of like mm -hmm. staying up and working a little longer this week it's been like a little of like okay i'm gonna take care of myself a little bit too and uh, for the weekend, it was my boyfriend's birthday. I told you, right? Yeah. Um. So like, um. You know, I took him out to eat, and then we went to see our friends. And the next day was Mother's Day, so we spent it with his mom. So it was nice. a nice weekend. You know, it was a busy, nice weekend, though. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. How about yours? It was good. Um. Went out Friday for a friend's birthday also. And then this weekend was like mostly just me cleaning and getting the, getting the apartment in order. Did some meal prepping and stuff like that. So it was uh, not too bad. But last week um, was a little busy and like personal life stuff for me. I got my new apartment with Montana for this summer. Um We'll be moving like end of June, beginning of July. So that was exciting. There was like a whole like bunch of shenanigans around that though. Mm -hmm. So to kind of like lay out that story, um, not this Saturday that just happened, but the one before we were like looking at apartments and stuff. And we found one that we really liked that we were touring and stuff. And the girl was like, oh yeah, like this one's available. So like we went home to apply and stuff and we couldn't find it on the website. And we're like, hmm. And then Sunday morning, we like checked again and like we still couldn't find it. So it was Sunday, like we weren't expecting anyone to respond to the email or anything. But then like right. Monday, we called like two or three times being like, hey, we want to apply this apartment. Where is it? And sure enough, it like it went probably a couple hours before we looked for it. And I don't I'm curious what the apartment situation is like where you live, but in Austin, the rates just get like jacked mm -hmm. up during the summer where we thought that we had like some time to find something. Cause like our current leases, both of us. Um, mm -hmm. So Montana has her own place. I have mine, but we're like getting our own place together um, with this new apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, both of our leases are beginning of July. So like, okay, we still have a little bit of time to look, but we are like looking at some places that we liked and looking at it one week it's like oh these are great rates yeah next week like jacked up like 300 dollars per month and we're like oh shoot we have to get on this 
Right. And then even like with the apartment that we really liked that we're like, oh, we can't get that unit because someone grabbed it first. Let's take a look at the others just because inventory was starting to get low there. It, that apartment going jacked up the rates for the rest. So we're like, shoot, that's crazy. we just, yeah, like we just found, like fell in love with this area. This is starting to get outside our price range, but luckily we were, we just did some research, found another one, like another complex that was pretty close and that worked out great. So we went with them, um, but we're excited. We're like right on for people who know the Austin area, we're like right on the green belt. So we'll be able to like leave our apartment, walk onto like this hiking trail that's like surrounded by the woods and stuff in West Austin. We can like walk to Zilker Park in like 20 minutes. We can get to downtown in like a 30 minute walk. You got like swimming holes and stuff. So I'm really excited for this area. I'm actually kind of surprised that we got the rate that we did for the apartment we were able to get just because stuff stuff in that area is pretty expensive but for people who are looking for apartments in austin if you want to get into like the south lamar area like that whole kind of near silker south lamar is always going to be super expensive because that's like right where like all the restaurants and bars and stuff are on but try looking for apartments that have access to the green belt that are a bit more off the main road but you can still kind of like walk to everything from there because i think there my kind of theory on it is there's like a bunch of places that people don't notice are there unless they like do some google maps like detective work so you can kind of avoid like those rates being so crazy but yeah we're really excited about that so so how much is like the average rent in austin right now yeah, so it depends because the area I'm in right now, I would say like <clears throat> it all depends how close you want to get to downtown, mm-hmm. but you can find good one bedroom, one bath apartments for like, and we're talking like pool, full, like yeah, complex, like yeah, in unit washer dryer for 1600. Mm-hmm. Like if, yeah, so like if you're, all of it is basically like based on access where if you're on one of the like popular roads, like say if you are off of Rainy Street, which is like a huge just strip of bars and stuff, they have some really cool high rise apartments, you're going to be paying a lot more for that. But you can still find stuff where like 10 to 15 minute Ubers to middle of downtown, like at that 1600 rate. And one of the things that I really like about Austin is you don't have to go through like a real estate agent. I forget if they're called like leasing agents or something, but yeah, yeah, like back in Boston, there was, when we were looking for our college apartment, it was so crazy because Boston's like super old city there. They don't really have like these new luxury apartment complexes that you see in places like Austin because like, A, there's no room and (laughs) B, I'm sure there's probably a bunch of like bureaucracy around that. Mm -hmm. But so like getting an apartment in Boston is super expensive, super complicated. You have to hire like a real estate person and you have to like pay them. I think we definitely had to pay them one month's rent. I think it was like two months worth of rent and cost. As a college student? Like were you getting to college apartments or is so, there any college college apartments? Because you know, I come from Tallahassee, so we have like student housing everywhere. 
Yeah. So the way that Boston College worked is it's kind of traditional for freshman and sophomore year. You live on campus. Mm-hmm. Junior year, you live off campus. And senior year, people kind of either go back on campus for like a last year raw or they stay off campus. Mm-hmm. It was like I'm thinking about like my junior year looking for a place to live. Like it was super expensive. You had to pay like a real estate agent at least one month's rent just in cost. Like versus Austin, you literally just go, oh. I like this apartment complex here. I'm going to walk in. They have their own like leasing people as part mm-hmm. of the complex. You right. just basically sign up for whatever the rate is there. And it's super simple. So yeah, no, I think Miami or like Florida in general is actually like that too. Like, <laughs> okay. So something that was very weird for me coming from Spain was that we don't have like a whole building that's being rented. You know how in here there's one building and all of the apartments are rented? Yeah. People like own apartments and then they rent it to other people. Um, so that was super weird to me. But so it's kind of like a condo that people like Yes, it's will buy a unit and sell out, yeah. Right. Or Or rent out, right? Like you you just rent your house, I guess, to other people. (laughs) But in here there's whole like wind like um flats or apartments that people are just renting everyone is renting and that's weird (laughs) I think you know but um I I don't know about everywhere in Florida but South Florida right now it's like pretty crazy it's like impossible to get a $1,600 one one bedroom apartment in Miami it's just impossible yeah, because during COVID, you kind of ran into the same thing that we did in Austin, mm-hmm. where everyone started just yep. influxing yep. to the sunnier states, and that just bumped everything up. Exactly. Like, it was basically the same thing. In the weekend, we would go, we would look at the apartment, and suddenly it was taken. And sometimes you want to take time to, like, actually select your apartment, you know? You want to be like, okay, this is the apartment that I want. Yeah. So it was... It was hard, but they don't do what you were telling me about, you know, if they take one apartment, the others get more bumped up. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? That's crazy. I think that's so I've seen that with a couple places. I don't think it's like if there's a big if there's like a big inventory of stuff left and one goes, they'll probably stay the same. This complex in particular only had a handful of units left and we're looking for like a two bedroom. So I think it's just because like inventory was starting to get scarce, whatever pricing like algorithm they have just probably like automatically adjusted. Yeah, because they even said they're like, yeah, check it every day because it's they just got something of their system. My guess is they probably have like seasonality historic data mixed with how much units left mixed with a bunch of other factors but then equation pops out a rent that's too much for me to pay for (laughs) yep no 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 actually i just remembered one of the apartments that we were checking out every wednesday apparently it went up 50 dollars. so it does happen i guess that is Uh, crazy It, it was it didn't have anything to do with whether there were like available units or not, it would just go up $50. I'm really wow. curious. I- I'm making a play. I- I'm i making a prediction that I think the real estate market's going to like crash everywhere in like two to three years. Um, 
places like Austin, and Miami are probably going to be hit softer just because they have so much migration to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Interest rates have been going up. Inflation's been going up. Mm-hmm. People are like, I don't know, just like even in these markets, like we've been running off of a very low interest rate environment, which has let real estate prices stay high because mm-hmm. you can finance it with cheap debt. But now that like those prices that were high because of the cheap debt with just low interest rates, like interest rates aren't low anymore. Like they're getting up there. So yep. it's like, I don't think those prices can stay there. And especially if you have like inflation hitting people's pocket, like pocketbooks from the other side of things, I think in the long run, I would definitely not bet against Austin, but I'm kind of hoping that there's a dip just caused. And I think it's going to be like sooner rather than later. Like my guess is two years. I'm hoping if a dip does happen before it bounces up, I can buy something, whether it's Mm -hmm. just for personal use or investment use. Right. Just because it's like, I don't, I don't know how people are affording stuff. Cause it's like, Uh even my neighborhood right now, I really like it, but it's like, I'm getting priced out of it. It's like, I'm supposed to be like the invader tech person coming in from my like Northeast state where it's like, well, you guys can't afford this anymore. At least I can. It's like when, when the tech people can't afford to live in their apartments and they're getting priced out, I'm like, who is buying this stuff? Like this can't be, this can't keep up. That's literally how I feel. I'm just like, you know, you graduate from school, you get a good job, right? And like you tell, like maybe like you share your salary to other people that went into different fields and they're like, oh my God, that's amazing, you know? But then you are trying to afford life and you're like, maybe this is not an amazing salary, you know, compared to what you thought it would be. So, mm-hmm. I mean, food here is expensive, you know, um, rent is expensive. At least we don't drive that much because we both work from home so we're not spending money on gas and the car doesn't really get um, damaged or anything like that compared to other people but life is too freaking expensive like my friend he was looking for a studio apartment in downtown Miami it was around two thousand four hundred dollars for a studio apartment oh my god crazy i'm telling you it's super crazy so when you say 1600 i'm like wow i should move to austin (laughs) that's the thing that is nice about austin at least where is it annoying that i'm getting priced out of my neighborhood is it annoying that i can't find a house right now that is like Mm -hmm. affordable you should be able to find a house with your at least like rent a house with a backyard yeah I, i could do that i guess my thing is like getting out of the apartment is Mm -hmm. I'm kind of in like this debate right now between I'm doing a lot of stuff in my life right now so not having to deal with the maintenance of a home Mm -hmm. is good which is what apartments super like nice for especially because Austin has really good apartments where you don't have to worry about that stuff Mm -hmm. but I don't know it's just I want to get into the real estate market in one form or the other Mm -hmm. because like everything at least in this city, it's like, I am not betting against Austin. I think Austin is, this is actually kind of something that uh, has been like influencing my like interest in getting investment properties here is mm-hmm. I th- one of the podcast episodes I listened back in college that really influenced me was on the Tim Ferriss show. For people who aren't familiar, Tim Ferriss is just like really interesting 
like author, venture capital, like venture capitalist, like has his feet in a lot of areas of the tech and like writing and kind of thinker space. And he had Arnold Schwarzenegger on. And that that was a really good episode. It was one of the early ones. If you're looking for it, I think Arnold might have been on again, but this is like before episode 100 of the Tim Ferriss show. And even before Arnold got into acting, um, when he first came to LA, he was doing his weightlifting stuff. Like back in Austria, he was competing in his local competitions and all that. When he comes over, it was Austria or Germany. He's, I'm pretty sure he's Austrian, but I'm, I don't remember if he competed in Germany or Austria, but that's besides the point. But like when he came over to LA, he like made his money starting out as a bricklayer. And he was Wait, he what, see, as what? I'm sorry. Like a bricklayer, like someone who, oh, if you okay. have like brickwork for your house, like whether it's like, hey, you want, I don't know what you want to do with like brick. Maybe it's like pavement around your pool or you want an extension if you have a brick house or something. He would mm-hmm. do brickwork. Apparently that pays pretty well because it's a lot of like manual work. That's crazy. if I ever get sick of like using my brain for a living, I might get into oh like Zach's bricklaying <laughs> service, a little side job. I can just have my body pay the rent for once in my life. Oh my that god. That could be fun. But basically, like to get to the point of the story, he was making his income doing bricklaying with one of his like friends or cousins or something. Mm-hmm. And this was back when LA was kind of having a bit of an Austin like boom where Arnold like was looking around. He's like, I, he's like, this, this place is going to keep going up for a while. Like there might be some like ups and downs in the meantime, but like I'm not betting against this city, at least yeah. in my lifetime. And he like made his first couple millions, not from movies, but just making smart real estate investments. I think one of his first investments was just this parcel of land, like by the airport he bought that he ended mm-hmm. up like, selling and making like a killing so that's crazy i'm just that's kind of like the thing i'm balancing where i don't really have much free cash on me Mm -hmm. and i don't think austin like even if a recession hits it there's too many people coming here but if there's just like a little bit of a dip to just get something at a discount before it goes up that's kind of like where i'm thinking at with that yeah no i think it makes total sense um we we should definitely talk about money more, but um, I feel like also Detroit is sounding like a really interesting place to Detroit? invest in, in the future. It's very is it coming up? All I know about Detroit is like Eminem and I know. <laughs> it being like a really scary place to live. <laughs> I know, but it might come up. We'll see. I think I think it could, especially with like the auto industry. An, an electric cars maybe in the future um since we're trying to be a little more green in the u.s you know and we want to keep our products in the u.s instead of other places um and everything is kind of laid out already over there so i'm kind of thinking not anytime soon but in the future i might think that detroit could be the place to be um so you should start reading about Detroit a little bit so you get cool. like a sense yeah. of it because there's very cheap housing over there. You would have to definitely flip homes and stuff like that. But it is pretty interesting. You should look into it. Yeah, that could be a good one because I do remember seeing like how cheap it is over there. And mm-hmm. even if you just like 
it's crowd just like, some it places. Investment for sure. Yeah, everything moves up. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think it's super interesting how you think about your lifestyle and you pick your home or your apartment depending on your lifestyle. Like the fact that you work from home, you're like, okay, I want something that has green around <clears throat> so that I can go on a walk and stuff like that. So what do you think would make a good apartment for someone that works from home? Yeah, that was actually something I was considering for my situation because um, Montana and I, we've been starting to kind of go like, okay, we're getting more serious of our relationship. We're going to be moving in together. Let's start kind of taking more control of our finances because even in my place right now, um, when I first moved in here, it was me and my ex living together. So mm-hmm. we had like rent split between the two of us. Right. And then like we broke up. So it's like, shoot, I now have the full rent for this like two bedroom. And also just like the Mueller neighborhood has been going up a lot. Like since I moved in here, my rent's gone up like 300 or $400 a month. Right. So wait, I'm... I've been there for two years, right? Yeah, it'll be like two years when I leave. So after your first year, you went up two to three hundred. Yeah. So my first after my first lease cycle, it went up like three hundred, I believe. Three hundred. Wow. Yeah, and I was like looking at some of the other apartments in Mueller. It's like crazy. They're like starting for two bedrooms at like twenty seven hundred now. So let, we're let looking. Let me tell you, I pay more for a one one just for you to get an idea. You pay <laughs> wait. You pay more for a one bedroom, one bath than twenty seven hundred. Yes. Oh my God, I'm like over here complaining about Austin prices. So yeah, it's crazy. Well, in my little world, I'm very upset about (laughs) my rent going up. But so the kind of like where I was going with that setup is Mm -hmm. on one hand, kind of like because of the whole real estate investing, I want to start making my money like work for me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I was looking for something a little bit more financially conscious with this new place because I mean, this my my apartment now it's like when I got into it it was like a financially good situation life Mm -hmm. events happened so it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not beating myself up about that because you can't do anything you weren't expecting that right yeah but like so with looking for a new place on one hand like okay I want to be a little bit smarter with the money around it but also it's like I work from home full time Mm -hmm. so I need to look at this as like an investment in my career where I would be causing more damage to my earning potential by going bare bones and just going like, oh, I can save an extra two or three hundred dollars. But now I'm in an apartment where I'm in like a concrete jungle or Mm -hmm. my like walls are super thin or I don't have a lot of space. It's like so that didn't that wouldn't work out. But so like with this new one, um, I got lucky because like our rent rate that we'll be doing is cheaper than right now. So it's like, I will be saving money. Not only that, but I'll be splitting between two people. So I'll be saving a lot more money than I have right now. Right. And I did get lucky with finding this place because it has everything I was looking for where it's like, what are the big problems right now in my life that I have? Mm-hmm. I sit at a screen most of the day. Mm-hmm. In my little apartments, I need to be able to like get outside and get a break. Yep. So having access to like the green belt right outside my apartment, super good. If I get too spun up, 
I could just go for a walk literally on a nature trail for weekends or whatever. It's like, I don't even need to get my car. I can bring an inflatable paddleboard, like throw it over my head, walk 20 minutes. And next thing you know, I'm at Barton Springs and I can just like launch off and go on like Ladybird Lake. So (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, I'm trying to, because I know I have a tendency to get hermit-like with my Mm. work. I wanted to put myself in an environment where I had easy access to like the antithesis of what I do. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer say like kind of like reduce the resistance between me getting out of my little bubble. Cause that's even like something right now where I love Barton Springs, but I don't want to drive all the way across town to get there. That's going to be a mental hurdle for me. So by like putting myself of access to this stuff, I'm trying to kind of offset my like work lifestyle and I also got like lucky enough that I was able to say find something that like fit these parameters Mm -hmm. so like that's kind of like how I was like going about looking for the apartment of Montana because she has to drive in to work two days a week so on her side she needed to be close like close close ish to work right And for me, I'm kind of just like, hey, I'm flexible about where I live, but these are kind of like the problem statements I have that I'm looking to solve with this next place. Yeah. So basically, she would work from home three times a week and then two times a week, she would have to go to the office. Other way around. She has to go in Monday and Friday and uh, (laughs) or no, my bad. She stays home Monday and Friday and she has to go in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, okay. And you, mm-hmm. you, you've never thought of like going to the office. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, um, so some like, do you know, uh, Killian, Allie, yeah. and Luke? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know all of them, right? So they go in on. I, Luke and Killian definitely go in every Thursday. I think yeah. Allie's going in on Thursdays. I would try to make such a good effort at the beginning of the year to go in like on Thursdays I was doing okay for a couple weeks but I got to the point where I'm just like I I don't know it's like we have to record technically managing Thursday's the only day or Mm -hmm. it's just like I'm just like so deep in my work like I got I got I'm like running behind right now I need to get something done so I made the effort to go in but honestly I just kind of kept running into working from home was more efficient for me Mm -hmm. especially when I'm busy so I've kind of given up on that for now, but mm-hmm. I do like going into the office sometimes. It's a nice change of pace and maybe on less busy time periods, right. I'll try to do it again. But it's like, I got to be honest with myself. It's like, I am so much, I'm so productive, productive right? just having my own space where no one can interrupt my thoughts because that's kind of probably like, I'm curious what you think about that because when I'm, it's when I'm like deep in thought, you don't, you're not consciously aware of it because you're focusing on the thought. Yeah. And then anything can snap you out of that. And you're like, shoot, like I like lost, I lost it. And I like being able to control my work environment Mm -hmm. to avoid stuff like that happening. And it is nice to, as much as like, I want to hang out with my friends and stuff. It's like, being able to kind of put these like physical boundaries around people interacting with you, it just it gives you a lot more time in your day. So it sounds like 
for you going to the office is a little more social than actually working. Maybe back in the day you used to be working, but when you want to get things done, you definitely like being at home to work. Yeah, like I'll still, I don't, because like even I'm going to the office like and hanging out people, it's not like, oh, we're chatting the whole time. Like I'm still working a full day. It's Mm -hmm. just the little like efficiency perfectionist in my brain just notices. And I'm like, I got so much to do and I would rather get it done at home so I can have like a little more bubble of a space to like go to the gym or take a run or do the meal prepping that I need because I'm running low on food or something right rather than like that like social aspect yeah I just think it's interesting because I've never gone to an office you know Mm -hmm. at least like during Oracle I started at home and now that I'm remote because there's not an office in Miami apparently then I just you know work from home and I've I cannot I cannot even imagine going to the office every day or even once a day. I definitely like working from home. I think I get my things done at home compared to if I had to drive somewhere and get there and go back into like the flow of things to then maybe take a lunch break to then maybe go back and then go home. You know, it's just a lot of like, a lot of Crazy. stuff like breaks up your day. Yeah, I don't yes. like that. So I have my coworker, aka Leo, you know, <laughs> and my boyfriend as a coworker, you know. Because he works from home full time too, right? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. He works from home uh full time. So and if we ever want to have like a break, something that I really liked about my apartment is that they have like a co-working space. So they have like study rooms or a little office downstairs where everyone can go inside their office. But at the same time, you see people. So we like, I normally do that. My boyfriend hates leaving the house to work. He hates it. He loves being in the house to work. Me, if I really, really have to concentrate because my dog also, he hates that I work apparently. He thinks it's not necessary. He always comes and brings me toys and he's like, okay, let's play. So um, sometimes I do have to leave the house, but at least I'm not, it takes me like five minutes to leave the house in here. So that is, again, going back to thinking on where you're living when you work remote, that it's important to have those spaces. Because just personality wise, how are you of the social stuff? Because I do think this is something that is very much Mm -hmm. based on personality. Like say for like example, Montana, she works in sales she was a rep now she's a sales manager like she loves to talk and like needs that people interaction I think she would lose her mind if she had to like work from home all the time and was just stuck with me just like blankly (laughs) pacing around in my own head but like that's like that's the thing is like I I found I find it interesting with people's wiring with that Mm because for me it's like as much as I love my work friends and I do want to hang out with them. I would, I can in my mind go like, oh, like let's schedule time outside of work to do that. If mm-hmm. I really want that like social interaction where as much as like, I love being able to like chat and catch up with people at work. It's like, I'm, I, st- I do still kind of fall into the mindset of I'm here to like do a job and especially because our job is very demanding, like efficiencies, mm-hmm. 
important to me, but I'm also extremely like I would I'm saying this with a caveat. I'm extremely introverted in terms of my recharge time mm-hmm. is being alone. Yep. Even though it's like people who know me, it's like I love to like socialize. I love to like hear about like what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. how's your day? What what are you up to? What interests you? But I can because my personality doesn't need as much social interaction to kind of like for my mental health per se, mm-hmm. I'm able to say better compartment compartment compartmentalize Mm -hmm. breaking that up because it's like less of a like stress for you maybe or like you don't have to explain yourself when you're like quiet and working or something like that I just yeah I think like it comes down to I work more efficiently when I'm by myself so like Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the one half of the equation and the other half is because my social battery is lower mm-hmm. where like I don't need as much I do I do still need social interaction right. I kind of get that from Montana like being around on Monday and Friday right. and then if I'm like really feeling like eh, I need to get out of here I can go into the office but it's just I don't I have a lower threshold mm-hmm. where I don't need as much social interaction right and as often than say someone like Montana who's like a very bubbly like butterfly kind of personality mm-hmm. um I felt like at the beginning, I kind of wanted the social interaction when I joined Oracle, but mm-hmm. now I, I don't. <laughs> I It's not that I don't. I think I get what I need, right? Like I would definitely, for example, I've never met my, my manager in person. I've never met anyone from my team. The only person I've met in, in person is Thea when I went to Colorado, right? Uh-huh. But we're not even in the same team anymore, so... <laughs> It's still, I think we definitely miss out on the networking in person, but at the same time, we also gain the networking with people that are not in the same location as us, right? Because sometimes people are like, oh, I network already. And you're only networking with people in Austin, for example, right? But in here, I I can reach out to anyone and ask them for help. Um, so I don't think I've missed out on that and I'm not really scared of actually shooting someone an email or a message and being like hey are you fine with meeting with me about this I saw that you did this and I want to know how you did it and of course that's not like a social like outside of work type of thing it's more of a hey I I like what you're doing (laughs) show me how you're doing it and my social life I get it from my friends around me you know yeah so it, it's still balanced right but at work I do prefer working by myself or I also have preferences with who I work because there's some people that are very efficient when you work in zoom where you can sit down and actually get work done and then there's other people where you're sitting in zoom and you're brainstorming but nothing really is coming out you know so that's why sometimes I definitely prefer working alone because I, I think, and I do. <laughs> yeah. Know? That whole thing. It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what like the right word for is it maybe just like not stage fright, but I, when I'm, I'm on zoom, mm-hmm. I don't do well with say like thinking on the spot with zoom. There's, right. there's an exception to it where if I'm like, 
bouncing an idea back like on you back and forth or even mm-hmm. something like this conversation and like mm-hmm. our podcast yeah. I do good with that but that's kind of like when I'm looking for new information I'm throwing something out to you you give a response that helps generate more thoughts and I that's do, right? yeah that's good but if it's just kind of like uh oh hey like let's all hop on zoom and we need to do this like let's mm-hmm. all sit here and work on the zoom thing and we can just speak up like if we want to talk about blah 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 I don't like that You're because so <laughs> yeah it's like my brain because when I'm on zoom and stuff or even just like in meetings I it kind of goes back to the whole why I like working from home it's mm-hmm. because I'm pretty environmentally sensitive and it just other people can break me out of flow I like an isolated environment to go like deep in my thought process and when you kind of have that like zoom window open i don't want to be like sitting here like worried about like oh even if i'm off camera like what if i burp or fart on like on <laughs> mic or something and i forget and i'm like oh shoot like just having to kind of just keep stress. your yeah that like social business brain going when you're trying to get in like deep thinking mode i don't like that pressure but to kind of go on the networking point that you talked about i think that networking working from home is better than networking in person mm-hmm. because when you kind of like you're saying like not only do you have access to everyone from everywhere mm-hmm. but there is something that is nice about like hey I can kind of carve out these little like networking meetings and time blocks on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Or if I have a question, like I can Slack you, I can email you. It gives, I like giving other people that space where I'm sending something your way. You respond to this on your time because the same way how when I'm deep in focus has nothing to do with the other person, but just if something pops me out of that, I'm like, shoot, it's like the last thing I want to do is say, like, oh, I have a question about blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go walk across the lane of this floor and talk to them. I pulled them out of their concentration spot and all that. Yep. And also just when you communicate, because like a lot of the information we're working with is more complex. There is something nice about communicating on Slack where you can send someone something and they can look at it. Mm-hmm. and spend like if they wanted to or needed to spend five minutes writing something out right. versus like say in person if like you come up to me at my desk and you're like Zach I have a question it's like well I kind of have to say something to you right now because my <laughs> options are like give you a response right now or go like let me get back to you in 10 minutes but then it's like you might immediately have a follow-up or something it's like I can't I can't like have you come up to me and go like Zach I have a question but like Stand right here while for five minutes I draft right. out notes on this piece of white paper. And I would not I'm also even be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm also gonna feel on the spot because you're looking at me and pressured, which is gonna affect my thinking. So it is kind of funny how it's like there is definitely positives and negatives. And I remember just during the whole COVID stuff with class of and kind of upper management not really knowing what to do about everyone wanting to be like more hybrid and remote and all that Mm -hmm. stuff it is a bit of a tough situation because on one hand if like we've talked about this before if you came from a professional working experience before Mm -hmm. going into oracle's class of like i did like you don't 
you don't need that whole in-person socialization to teach yourself how to be like a big boy and do proper work culture things. But if you're coming from right out of school and you never had that, like there's a lot of say like little micro assumptions you learn just observing other people. Yes. So it's like for the younger people coming in, it's like, I get the whole why you want them to come in office just so they can kind of quote unquote, get how it works. But like after that, I don't know. I just still remember my days like driving an hour and a half each way for my first job or you have like PTSD from that. Yeah. Well, and like even I don't know if this is something everyone always thinks about, but like I just I don't like that whole pressure of you wonder how people are judging you in your head where it's like, oh, Zach's been gone on his lunch break for an hour and a half. Like we're only supposed to have an hour lunch break, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I that's that's not like something that's just something I worried about. Not really so much. I had like bad experiences, but I just like knowing that, hey, if I want to start work at 6 a.m., knock out two hours when no one can touch me. And then I'm going like, I'm going to go to the gym for two hours because at like 11 a.m. because I need to blow off steam and I've gotten my stuff done. Mm -hmm. You always know what you've done, but you don't you don't want people to start like wondering or thinking and speculating about like, hey, how to use your time. But it's also kind of part of the manager's job to pay attention to that stuff, because like if you're slacker type people Mm -hmm. are disappearing for like two or three hours in the middle of the day, you you want to know what's up. So it's like, it is that weird balance between the two where for your like higher performers, you don't have to worry about like having, having that space and stuff is great to just not have to worry about all those games. But Mm -hmm. also it's kind of like, especially with starting out or for people who are a little bit like less trustworthy or say maybe a better words, like, not as self-motivated the kind of need an outward pressure that's that's something where like a lot can go under the radar being remote another thing that um i was discussing with someone last week was that for example let's say that in my case i don't know our development team right i i've never met them in person so sometimes it's nice to meet them in person just for them to know that you actually like them and that you're not just message messaging them every time that something breaks or something's not looking good. Yeah, it, it does get to that point where you're just reaching out to people about work, and you you can't smile at them. You know, you can't be like, "Hey, how was your day?" By the way, I mean, I do say, "How are you?" But still, you don't have that connection to actually get a little more personal and be like, "How are you? How are your kids? Good." So. I saw that this is happening. Do do you think that makes sense? Or do you think it should be happening like that? Or is it a bug? You know, little things like that, we do lose with being remote. But at the same time, I do think there's ways of making things better. Definitely, I try to reach out to people, maybe not you sometimes, but like I reach out to people I don't know and I'll be like, hi, how are you? I hope you're having a good day. And then I go into like, whatever issue I have and then I'll be like okay thank you so much it's a little colder nowadays compared to in person because at least I feel like I don't know if it's on a like an oracle thing but 
we don't really get in calls if we're talking about small things we just like each other mm-hmm. like for example uh, my boyfriend he gets into a call about everything everything that i would go crazy honestly like yeah. i personally would not want to get in a call oh they're running into an issue a call hey i just noticed this oh, okay yeah i'll fix it okay bye and that's it that's their call you know and yeah, that, that would drive me crazy. Message each other about that, but you know that works for them. I guess I don't know, but we do lose a couple of little things when we're from home. But I think we're like remote workers, lovers. I guess you and me. But I do think there's a, like it depends on your personality for sure and what you like doing. Yeah, and I fully agree with that. Like that's probably the biggest trade-off that I've noticed where it's like if there is anything from say like our remote work situation of our variables that like this is one of the downsides it is very it's a lot harder to communicate emotion and intent when you're remote and things do kind of you don't like there's like a lot of messages where you know what you're thinking when you're mm-hmm. communicating emotionally but it's like on the other end it's like I just got this message with these words yeah. so it's like I don't like are you angry? Are you like, okay? Are you just kind of, are you like, can you do this? Are you like, do like, or you know what I mean? Like it's the things where tone is ambiguous. It is harder to tell where like the trade-off is when you're doing things over Slack and text-based stuff, Mm -hmm. you can communicate a lot more complicated information quicker. And for someone like me, whose brain runs faster Mm -hmm. and I can handle more information a lot better by reading and writing versus verbally that's a big benefit but it's like on the other hand like there are times where like I'll get messages and I'm just like kind of like confused I'm like where like where do you stand emotionally on this Right. where you're just like (laughs) do you ever just get like the message from your boss being like do you have a sec oh my god and (laughs) Layla Layla, um, our team's intern who is will be joining us this summer again. Uh, her and I like used to joke about this. Like whenever we get like a message from Jeff, just with like some ambiguous kind of like you have a sec thing, we both our brains just goes to like, oh my god, he hates us and he's gonna fire us or We're something. We're laid off. Yeah, like oh it's my just god. it is funny because when someone like comes by your desk and like they have like a smile on their face or just like oh like oh do you right. have a sec like that's different than when you just get like that blank text like do you have a second you're like this could be anywhere from you're telling me like happy birthday to like i'm getting laid off and until you send that follow-up message oh my god i'm in this like yeah literally when when i apply for this job right um the 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 week that they were going to give us the i don't know the final decision on Monday, it was a holiday. Um, I don't remember what holiday it was, uh, but we always have like that Monday off. And Melly sent me a message and she was like, oh, do you th- I know it was on Sunday. She sent me this message on Sunday and she said, I know you're off on Monday, but would you have some time to talk to, to me about something? And I promise you, because I knew Melly a little bit from reaching out to her talking to her every month you know so I was like okay maybe she's trying to be nice and tell me that I didn't get the job but that 
you know, she would definitely, I don't know, want to continue talking to me maybe once in a while, you know, or like I could still help with something or something. I spent literally like the whole day thinking and talking to my boyfriend. I was like, she's saying no to me. But what if she says yes to me? But no, no, there's no way she's going to say no. It was so stressful. You know, like if you were in person, I feel like you would have just said, let's talk right now or something. I don't know. You know, like she would have waited until Monday and she would have spoken to me. I don't know. It's just the waiting situation is terrible. And when they tell you, uh, do you have a sec? My 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 manager does that a lot. Melly sends me those messages, and I literally have a heart attack. I'm I'm like <laughs> I'm doing something wrong, or you know, you always go to like the worst possible scenario. I wonder. I I wonder. Is that like an everyone thing? Like I wonder. Do like the millennials and older generations feel the same way, or is that just like us being anxious mm-hmm. Gen Z? Because I do think there's something yeah. very much of our generation. Because there's so much the world has changed so much in our lifetime and everything is like constantly in flux. And even like we're, we're freaking like around 25, 26, like we have not been in the working world that long. And you're like, Oh great. I just started getting my career going. And now I have to worry about like AI taking my job. Like usually even that, I think also like the fact that we're in the layoff, you know, yeah like the lower right rungs kind of area yeah it's uh-huh. a lot that's that's what scares me the most for sure you know like the layoff situation going on yeah uh you're definitely on edge i wonder if after this is like a little more calm we'll be like okay she 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 really wants to just talk for a sec you know instead of thinking crazy things yeah i i, I do i am kind of curious though it's like do all the generations have this kind I, of like general ambiguity like anxiousness or is it kind of like more of a gen z thing or is it even like a gen z and tech thing because here's my problem is on one hand i like i will get anxious about too much ambiguity but if you give me too much certainty i will be so freaking bored like (laughs) i can't do the same thing every day on a schedule i would be like oh my god like yep i'm slowly dying i need I need excitement and a little bit of chaos so yeah. I can like use my creativity too much excitement and chaos. That's when the anxiety and stress comes in. So it is like a balancing act, but I did like, I've talked to like a lot of people kind of like about what we're saying now that whole, just like, Hey, do you have a set kind of thing? How we're all like, Oh my God, I I'm, I'm worried. He's going to like tell me my dog died or something like, Oh my God. <laughs> I wonder if our managers feel like that about their managers messaging them do you do you need a sec that's the realest question yeah is it just like a top down thing i want to start i'm gonna start messaging jeff you have a second (laughs) seeing how he reacts to it because i also because it is funny because like we have the perspective of like oh like our managers like our authority figure at our job like this stuff just this is how we react to it but Right. It would be kind of funny. I want to talk when we start getting people like Jeff and Sangita and like the manager people that we know on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to like ask them, it's like, hey, what's kind of like your side of it? Like, what are the things that like trigger the emotions when your employees like reach out to you of like this or this? Right. I'm really curious what like their kind of side of things are. Exactly. No, I think that that's going to be super fun and interesting mm-hmm. for sure. So, you know, I I really think that we should have an episode talking about benefits and how, 
because I was going back to thinking how stressful it was when I joined Oracle when it came to like picking your insurance and all that stuff. And I would love to see your perspective on it. Yeah. So that's something that with like with 401k and all that stuff, mm -hmm. I can like go on a rant about that just because of like my finance background. And I'm super like in depth with personal finance. Like mm -hmm. my dad was the same way. So just in terms of like insurance, personal finance, all that stuff, I learned a lot from him plus finance major plus personal reading. So that's something where it's like, especially our age, if you don't, they kind of just like throw the stuff at you where Oracle makes doing your benefits pretty easy I would assume mm -hmm. compared to other places but it's still at the end of the day it's one of those things where they're bringing you this platter and being like here's the platter like choose what you want and you're like what's exactly. the best thing to choose so yeah having an episode on we could even do like the next one if we wanted to like yeah. benefits personal finance I would give my disclaimers I'm not a whatever financial yeah. um manager all of our our thoughts yeah it's personal opinions, opinions. please <laughs> don't yeah. take this like and like i will mention <clears throat> like my personal opinions on that because there are certain things where look like i have opinions about which in like which retirement funds to choose i have opinions about the employee stock purchase plan and all that where i can like weigh some pros and cons about it and kind of like leave it like hey this is what i noticed there's probably more info mm -hmm. look at these resources but right. like kind of this is like generally where i go but like that's i think that could be super important because like even yeah. like just kind of like as a teaser on that the way compound interest works if you start maxing out your 401k like as early as possible like say if you can not everyone's in this situation, but just as an example, say if when you first start at your job, you're 22, if you start maxing out your 401k, like that $22,000 a year at that age, even versus if you don't contribute to that 401k and you start maxing out at 26, you're talking about like starting at 22 because of the way interest compounds, like hundreds of thousands of extra dollars for retirements, mm -hmm. just because you're starting earlier and like when you're young, those years are the most significant. So there's like a lot of financial decisions that the younger you make it, and if you make it smart, you can really set yourself up well versus say just your peers who are making the same amount of money, but they're not doing those kind of things. Like that's that's kind of like where the whole like financial system gets interesting yeah. and like capitalism's pretty cool where it is this it's like a snowball effect where like look when you don't have the money to contribute to like the system and stuff things really suck because mm -hmm. we live in a society where owners are the ones who get all the benefits and all of the upside potential where even if you're an employee, it's like you can still be an owner through things like investments and all that stuff. But like, that's why you want to get on it because you won't be able to work forever. Mm -hmm. Like you will eventually like you want to get to a place where your money is making money for you and that you set yourself up well and you do the research now because it will just make your life so much easier in the long run and just give you so much peace of mind, like in terms of yeah. like right benefits, like all your health stuff in terms of oh my God, like, how am I going to plan for 
my kids college one day. It's like, mm-hmm. that's something that I'm already like thinking about now. It's like, yeah. I know I want to, it's, it's a little bit crazy, but it's like the way that my, br- I was joking with Sangeeta about this one time when, during our one-on-one when I was on her team, the way that my brain works is I will literally plan out my whole freaking life. <laughs> and then if like two or three variables are tweaked in my like reality now, I go like, okay, I just completely reworked my future life model. We're good to go for right now. And then like more stuff will happen and I tweak it. But like, as I probably take it to an extreme, but there is something to be said where while taking into account, like, Hey, stuff's going to come up and you're, you need to be able to pivot because life isn't fixed like that Mm -hmm. by just thinking in terms of kind of like being a product manager by learning to think in the time horizons of short, medium, and long term, you can just remove so much stress and set yourself up to like know that you are in a good place and taken care of and I don't know it's like I feel like that's one of the biggest things that's weird about like our education stuff is Mm -hmm. it's it feels like there's almost like two different like there's two groups of people it's like there's people who are like taught these kind of things whether it's maybe they're lucky and their school was good about it most likely it was from parents or passed down. Me. Yeah. And then like the other side is like, you guys are thinking about this stuff, but it's weird because people are very gun shy to talk about these topics because it's kind of like sharing your salary. Like there's so much emotions and right. just like, you don't want to feel called out or like you're doing something right or wrong that generally people go like, I'm not, I'm not going to, it's like talking politics. You're like, Mm -hmm. there's too much, there's too many landmines for these kinds of things where most people avoid the subject, except for the people that they're like the closest to. But the problem with that is, is like, if you don't have a social circle, that's like financially literate or that thinks about this stuff, you're all kind of in the same boat. And then like, it's too late and you're like, oh shoot, like, what do we do now? Kind of thing. Yeah. Cause I think it is overwhelming, right? When you get into a place where they might offer you benefits and they give you a period of time for you to, for example, pick your your health insurance, right? Or enroll for HSA or FSA that I would love to know what you think about that. But those things, while you're starting a new job and you're trying to understand everything and you know absorb everything that's happening it gets overwhelming so I wish I would have known this before and would have thought about it of course you can't think about what health insurance you're going to pick or whatever earlier but still for example in Spain they they don't have any of that like you don't go for example health insurance is already you know free for us so we don't have to think about picking an insurance uh, plan right we don't have 401ks or anything like that through our jobs um, if you want to invest money outside normally you do it by yourself you know there's not such a thing as 401k or anything like that so it is a lot of education that sometimes you don't get from college that I think you should but you don't and you might make stupid decisions to be honest you know from not knowing things so college students should definitely be aware of this if they're planning on getting into corporate world and all that stuff because it is stressful reading like even if for example oracle definitely makes it easy it explains everything to you but at the same time you're still like i still don't understand like it sounds like you're just taking 
money out of my paycheck for something that I might not think is important, even though it is people, it is important, but you know, they might be like, no, it's not important right now. That's not something I'm worried about right now. I'll worry about retirement later in my life. So education is really important about your finances for sure. And it's also like, yeah, just like on that topic where I think, I think it's, it's very normal to have a fear of the unknown about stuff that you're ignorant to, because it's like, you don't, your life had already has so much going on right now. It's like, look, I'm like already taking care of all my problems and there's already enough on my plate and all that stuff. And the last thing that I want to do is like feel guilt or have to like devote mental resources to figuring out one more thing, especially something that is so emotionally charged, like health and money. Mm -hmm. But at the end of a day, I think something that is helpful to know for it is these areas are one of those things where it's kind of like your manager, like your manager messaging you like, Hey, do you have a sec? Like all of the fear is in the unknown where once you actually confront the thing, you're just like, he literally just told me like, good job on this. Or like, can you take care of this tomorrow? Something like it's, it's never the worst case scenario is never as bad as like what happens. But by ignoring these kinds of things, you kind of creep closer to the bad and more like closer to like the worst case scenarios where it's like when you confront it, it's like there is something that's empowering about being like, hey, now that I know about like where my money and benefits are going to, Mm -hmm. I no longer like have to be like, I'm no longer going to be annoyed when I look at my paycheck and go like, oh, they're taking this much out for this. Like, I don't even know what to say. It's like, no, like actually my company has a pretty good health plan and blah, blah, blah. And if I had to buy my own health insurance, that'd be super expensive. So it's like having, being able to keep things into perspective like that is super helpful. And one of the things I could probably do, yeah, if I should, I can plan for when we do this episode, but I have like literally on my bookshelf, like so just like so many like financial planning and just like building wealth books where mm-hmm. just e- whether I like name them all on the list or we put it in the description, yes. like all the stuff I know, this isn't like me being like, oh, I'm so smart. I thought of this myself. It's like, no, you, <laughs> who are the smart people who know how to do this stuff right and have dedicated more time to making sure that it's properly thought out than you mm-hmm. take what they're doing. Like, And then you just learn and copy that. Like, that's how this game works, where it's like, yeah, also take from different perspectives because you want to make sure that information is consistent. But this isn't, it's not like super hard. Like, we're not, it's not asking you to build a rocket ship. Most of it just comes down to like kind of putting the emotions aside and Mm -hmm. just writing out a plan, making sure it's something that like it's consistent, like budgeting, like all these kinds of things and just, most of it is just fear and mindset and planning and not so much like the difficulty of the task. Yep, exactly. And be smart because (laughs) when you first start your job, it's paying well, you might be like, oh, I have enough money, you know? And then some people end up living paycheck to paycheck, even with a good salary. So be mindful of that too, because it's really easy to get into that. The biggest problem- college where you think you know you've been living like maybe the broke life or whatever and then you see all this money just plan for rainy days always (laughs) yeah and like kind of on that point something that 
I had to come to terms with, with like my own personal thing is my problem wasn't so much. I was like a crazy spender and I had to reel in. It was like the opposite where it just, I was so like worried about like being good to my money and all this stuff. When I first like moved out on my own there, I think it was like for Easter, I ended up spending like $400 on a grocery bill for Easter. Cause like it was uh, like a bunch of like our friends were coming over. We were just doing like a big thing. I literally had a panic attack because I've never spent like that much money wow. on like food in one go before. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like so much like blah, 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 all that stuff. Right. So people might come from different perspectives. Like where there is, mm-hmm. there is like, it's a balancing act where on one hand, like you have to live your life. And mm-hmm. if you come from like a super frugal background where yeah, maybe you come from a position where there was like financial insecurity in your household, mm-hmm. or even if your parents are like just super strict with money, where it's like you were fine financially, but you kind of were taught this like money scarcity where like it could all be yeah. taken away from you at a moment. It's like that's, that has its own problems as being a crazy spender who all your money disappears every paycheck and you don't know where it goes and like at the end of the day like what you want to do is you want your money to work for you and you want you want to control money and not have money control you when you're on either end of the spectrums money is controlling you it's like you should be using money to get more peace of mind mentally and emotionally not having it be the thing that causes you get like wound out like wound up in a tizzy on either end and like just like just with all that like even kind of the whole apartment thing was mm-hmm. i was feeling like with bring it back to the beginning of the episode it's like i felt guilty that's like i know better about like i've like even now it's like i know so much of this stuff but there are times where it's like i'm bad at my money it's like i'll go out and drink too much on like rainy and be like yeah. i shouldn't have spent that much on a bar bill or like even an apartment right now it's like i'm paying more than i probably should be but even though i'm noticing these things and it's something that i have like personal guilt about because like i'm hard myself over it i still like had the kind of peace of mind like when i'm looking for this new apartment to go it's like could i find something super cheap that would save me even more money yes but let's be a little bit more holistic in the approach of what we're looking at and go what would put me in a better position where I can increase my wealth generation, right? Not having the most bare bones apartment where I'm going to be miserable and lose my mind, especially because I work from home. It's all about not just looking at it in terms of like simple dollar amounts, but also having the maturity and like self-awareness to go like, what is a good use of my money? It's like, what is a good thing to invest in? Not just both in terms of, the things around me possession and material wise, but also into like my mental health, my personal growth. Like that's one of the things I like hold really important to me Exactly, is if there is a book that I want, I'm going to buy it no matter what, because Mm -hmm. I have found that in the long run, I don't know where like my best ideas will come from, but I never want, I know that in terms of investment, that is something that has always paid off dividends in my life. And I generate more value than I put into it money wise by doing it. So like, this is something that is really, it's really hard to switch your mindset on this. And I've been thinking about this literally since high school and I'm still not 
perfect at it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's like going to the gym and working a muscle. It's like, it's going to be really sore at first. You're not going to be able to do that much, but the more you work that muscle out and you get used to it, it's like those little daily wins build you up to just, it will help put you in like such a more stable spot and like prepare you for the future. Kind of like investing in your 401k, the earlier you start it, the better you'll get at it quickly. And just like realize, like, don't beat yourself up too much when you start learning about this. There are going to be things that you're going to look at and you're like, okay, I do this stuff well. But what you're probably going to fix it on is like, I feel like an idiot for doing blah, blah, blah up until this point. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it as something to beat yourself up over. Yeah. Look at it as like, hey, did I make some mistakes? Sure. But guess what? That's already happened. It's in the past. It's a sunk cost. Let's just look at this in terms of what can I learn from that without being too hard on myself? And how do I move forward from this point forward in a way that will make me happier, healthier, and more just mentally clear of mind, like going forward? I'm Zachary Telke. That was my TED Talk. That is so true, though, honestly. And I think it's definitely a thing that we should cover an episode on because it's stressful for like people that don't understand anything about it and have to you know kind of like figure it out on their own for Mm -hmm. sure and you were so in spot with that because you know how you're saying you weren't spending a lot of money I was spending a lot of money on eating good food yeah and then I realized that I could cook my own food aka this week actually um I love Korean food so I made my own stew at home and it came out amazing. And nowadays I'm like trying to learn like new recipes and stuff like that. That of course is cheaper than going to the restaurant and it still comes out amazing, you know? So I think there's different ways. Like if you identify where you're spending your money, there's different ways of kind of like fulfilling that little space where you're actually putting your money towards like learning how to cook. If you like, you know, spending a lot of money on eating good food and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, that's probably one of the ones for me is, especially after a long day, if I Mm -hmm. like put off my meal prep, I'm going to spend too much money on Uber Eats getting something to me because I'm so fed up and I don't want to do anything else. And I'm going to take that hit to my bank account. And like, that's kind of, if you want to talk about my emotional spending, like ordering out food is the (laughs) easiest one where I'm bad at and like that's like literally one of my checklist items for when I move into the new place where it's like Mm -hmm. okay like I want to be better about that kind of stuff because those costs add up and especially 100% yeah like we're talking about like hey spend money on the things that are important that you need in terms of uber eats when you're like look there's gonna be days you want to celebrate and it's like go out have fun but if you're looking for where can I cut my costs just Mm -hmm. people I've noticed like in their 20s like friends like colleagues etc in Austin so many people just order out so much and we're talking like you could be saving by just making the same thing yourself like one third to one fourth the cost especially when you considering like the tipping that they put in which they're Mm -hmm. super guilt trippy about (laughs) do you do you notice that like on the apps I hate how they start at 15 percent and I'm just like I don't know what how much do I have to give you where I'm not a bad person kind of literally, thing? Literally, literally. Yeah. And not only that, but everything in the item menu is higher than what you would pay in person. Because that's how yes, they Yes, I've money. noticed that, so, yeah. Like, I used to Instacart a lot for my groceries. Costco is like three minutes away from me walking. 
Publix is like 10 minutes away from me walking and I was still Instacart. Now, like, I think I'm trying to like come to a balance where, for example, cooking before I, I saw it as a stressful thing because I didn't have time. Okay, I like cooking, but I like cooking when I'm not under pressure. Like I like tasting, I like taking my time. And now I feel like I put some music on, you know, and I start cooking and it's kind of like a way of me saying, okay, I'm done with work. Now I want to eat good food and I'm going to cook and I'm going to be happy because if you're happy while you cook, your food tastes good. You know, you've turned into like a ritual. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how I feel Then now um, I'm trying to like walk more or be more active. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I hate going to the supermarket, but I'm going to go to the supermarket and I take it a little more positive compared to before that I was like, I don't want to go to the supermarket. I don't want to spend my free time going to the supermarket, you know? So it's, it's a mindset for sure, trying to save money and cut on spendings. But when you do it, it feels so good at the end of the month, like looking over everything you spend and you're like, okay, I've done a good job this month. So definitely, I know it's stressful talking about money or even planning or changing little things in life, but sometimes they're so beneficial. Yeah, it's like all about this is one of those areas where we've talked about kind of like your upward and downward spirals in your career that can happen. Mm-hmm. Money is like one of the ultimate ones where it's like, if you're in a downward spiral, it's like that can, the amount of stress and hell you can put yourself through with that mm-hmm. can get really intense. But it's like on the other side, it's like, look at this as something that you should get excited about because once you start that upward spiral, it's like, that just builds on itself. And like, that's really empowering to just mm-hmm. see it. And it motivates you to keep it going and do it better. Cause like you're getting that positive feedback loop. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think we should definitely get ready for this episode. Yeah, I can, I can plan some stuff around it. Uh, yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk off camera about whether we do it next week or another week, but yeah, that's, yeah. That's definitely something where I'd want to plan some stuff out beforehand by having some good ideas top of mind. Definitely. I'll definitely come up with a list of things that I would love for you, like to get your, you know, ideas, input and everything. <laughs> and you like also too, I'll like ask you questions about how you handle stuff. And like, if there's anything that you've been doing that you're like, <laughs> Hey, I've noticed this is helpful. Like I want both sides because yeah. I'm constantly looking to improve my thinking with that kind of stuff. So I'm always like curious about how other people handle that as well yeah definitely sounds good yeah that's uh technically managing episode seven um yeah another episode under the belt see you later everyone bye everyone